clothes on Sunday. Start to create something called Closed on Sunday series because a lot of our churches and things like that are closed. And so we figure why not come out with our own ways to exhort and encourage the people of God, especially those of us who are in the deconstruction phase. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Closed on Sundays. And on behalf of the content team, we just want to thank you for tuning in every week, for supporting us in a variety of ways, for sharing our content with others, interacting with us on social media. It's been a huge blessing um, for us, and we've added some new members to the team too, so interested to see their works, both in terms of their writing, podcast, and yeah, we just wanted to thank you. We know this is a particularly uh, sticky time for a lot of people and yeah we just we are praying for you we're holding space for you in our hearts yeah and so on closing Sundays we have been continuing to elaborate on the issue of endurance and this morning I want to talk about hope And as we've been thinking about endurance and the different segments that give us endurance or help aid us in that walk of endurance, especially in this time, uh, I couldn't think of anything better than to speak on the issue of hope this morning. And I want to turn our eyes to hope. And as we jump in, I want to say that hope isn't merely positive thinking. Often I feel that when we talk about hope, it gets relegated to this happy face and this image that the church tries to portray. And uh, and when people even express grief or sadness or anxiety, um, there's there seems to be this undercurrent in a lot of our teaching that a person should just be hopeful and we don't elaborate on what that means. And I think there is a way to be um, present in suffering, present in grief, and still cling to hope. And it doesn't have to merely look like a happy-go-lucky Christian. I think there's a way to hold things in tension and the apostles and even our Lord Jesus Christ serve as beautiful pictures of this. So um, through the death, burial, resurrection, and ascension of our Lord Jesus Christ, we have access to hope. And the issue of hope is this vast, beautiful topic within the scriptures. And there is this anthem of hope all throughout uh, from the old to the new this issue of hope and this issue of the coming promise and even promises that were made to Abraham which we see fulfilled in Jesus and and the hope that that would bring uh, and so it's it's this vast topic that we see painted even in the gospels and in many of the pastoral epistles pull on the element of hope as a means to address certain issues within 
the local context and with believers uh, in general, right? So there is hope that God will complete the fullness of his purposes and his plans. And there, um, there seems to be this uh, eschatological dimension to a lot of times that hope is either explicitly mentioned or implicitly uh, implied um, as this looking for the day where God will perfect that which he started. And I, I love that because um, hope wasn't merely ambiguous and it wasn't merely wishful thinking. There seemed to be this concrete there seems to be this concrete dimension in scripture where we're not hoping in, in wishing in vain. Uh, we are hoping in this eschatological reality of God will complete that which he started in the garden, that which he marked uh, throughout the ages when he spoke through various prophets and spoke in the fullness of time through his son, right? And yea, even there will be this day where God will complete and perfect uh, that which we see in the natural, right? So Paul in particular seems to weave in and out of God's future dealing with Israel, with, uh, with God's future dealings, with Israel's history, and with God's acts within Paul's particular historical context in Paul's present day. And so he just weaves in and out as if they're all normal to him. He, in one epistle, for a portion of it, he'll be alluding to promises that God made to Israel in the past. Then Paul will talk about the day where um, various saints will shine with greater glory uh, because of um, acts that they've done and God rewarding them. And so he'll skip to that future day. And then Paul will bring it back right into the present, his present day context. And he weaves in a lot of his writings this beautiful tapestry of hope and God's faithfulness. When you look at his prayers, they resonate with such clarity, assurance, and anointing, right? And I love it. So for today, <laughs> that was a good preface. Um, for today, let's look at Romans uh, 15. And this is a prayer that I've prayed often and love it. So Romans is a is an expansive book. I love it. Uh, it's been misused in lots of ways. It's been used to hurt people. So I realize some people aren't the biggest fan of Romans. They're not the biggest fan of Paul. But let's look in Romans 15. So <clears throat> I'll give you time to turn there. So let's look at verses 13 and 14. But uh, in the verses preceding, uh, Paul is praying these various prayers uh, for the saints. Um, he's talking about God's dealings uh, with the Gentiles. Um, etc. And he's weaving in and out of past, present, future. And um, in verse 12, he talks about this prophecy to Isaiah, where through Isaiah, where it says, uh, there shall be a root of Jesse, and he who shall rise to reign over the Gentiles. In him, the Gentiles shall hope. Verse 13, now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing. 
that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now I myself am, am confident concerning you, my brethren, that you also are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, able also to admonish one another. And he goes to um, into some other uh, uh, things in uh, for the church in Rome. But I, I, I love this section of scripture because when we're thinking about the various dimensions of hope, uh, this prayer echoes uh, what I see when I think about the totality of Scripture. And it seems to just be penned straight from the Holy Spirit's heart where it says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And we know that in Paul's day, it was, there were deleterious times for Christians. There was a lot going on. There was uh, a lot of temptation to leave the faith, persecution in various places. But as he's um, penning these words and asking that God would fill to completion this, this joy and peace and believing and abounding in hope, uh, I think it's, it's, it's amazing. I just, <laughs> I am, um, this is a prayer that I have prayed often over my own heart over my loved ones, my friends, uh, my church community. And this is something that I've clung to um, as I think about uh, that this gift of joy and peace and believing that this abounding uh, in hope is a gift that the Holy Spirit provides. And only God can provide a hope that would anchor the believer in uh in truth, in peace and faithfulness, that this isn't something that you can just think your way into. This is a gift that the Holy Spirit provides for us. And when we ask him and press into this, this type of prayer and thinking, this is something that is accessible, I think, because it is in our scriptures. I don't think Paul was praying this in vain. It's something accessible to us. But it's something that we can pray for, we can lean into, and I think there are practical dimensions that we can enact in our lives that make this abounding hope possible. <laughs> I think one of them is um, the gift of exhortation one to another. I think it's how we can practice uh, joy and peace and, and abounding hope when we give encouragement one to another, when we share testimonies of God's faithfulness, it creates almost this cocoon, uh, in my opinion, that God is able to inhabit. And when we're operating in this way, it shields our hearts from offense. It buoys us in God's faithfulness, right? So I love it. I think it's, it's simply, simply beautiful. And that is my prayer for us, that we're able to um, cling to hope. We're able to cling to endurance. And I think that this is an individual walk and what that looks like for us all. Yes, as I said, it's individual. We need God's grace and we need um, the intimate fellowship of the Holy Spirit to 
paint what this looks like. So I want to leave us uh, with the scripture that I wanted to, to pray. It's out of Hebrews 13, my jam. <laughs> Verse 20, it says, Now may the God of peace, who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you complete in every good work to do his working in you, what is well-pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We want to point you in the direction of our Student Crisis and Relief Fund. If you're interested in supporting and advocating for Black college students, make sure you check out the website subcultureinc.org backslash studentcrisisrelief. Thank you again.